0: Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on, and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKing DFS picks of the week. So grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I am Joe Neha, your host, Who, for those of you who may not have listened to us yet. Tonight we are uh, addressing week four in fantasy football and, of course, talking about our drinks on the rocks. Now, we have... Trying to make improvements every week to our show, and this week we have—I uh, think we've done a good job, Bobby. I, I think you probably agree, making some good yeah. improvements. Unfortunately, yeah. well, God, well,
1: given given our uh, podcast so far, it's easy to make improvements on. What we have I, well, on.
0: Yeah, we can, like <laughs> we say every week, we're probably making you dumber every time you listen to us. But uh, uh, given this week, now, now this is not an improvement. John uh, has come off of paternity leave at his. Real job, I guess we'll say. <laughs> and he is uh, very busy getting uh, back cut up at work. So he's out today for us, but that's okay. He's here in spirit. And if he can, he's going to try to make a little guest appearance, maybe a comment here. They're probably just calling us uh, or talking here saying that we aren't very intelligent. So don't listen to anything we said. But anyway, so we have made some improvements. Uh, we're going to stick to our best uh, to stick to a little agenda that we have for you. Um, And the first improvement that we're going to do is we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about the drinks we put on the rocks or in a glass, you know, with beer, whatever. (laughs) So I'm going to start this off. Um, First, Bobby, uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking. So tonight I have decided to go to my straight edge whiskey. It uh, is my favorite. I'm actually going to be meeting up with the winner of that putting contest, Uh, Scott Sofield on Friday. So he will be able to collect his straight edge bottle. Um, But absolutely uh, unquestionably one of my favorites. Uh, It will probably be in my liquor cabinet from here until the end of time. Uh, But what is straight edge? Where does it come from? How is it, is it, you know, put together? Uh, I think this it's, it's really, if you go to look this stuff up, it's really a unique blend of whiskeys so to first and foremost it is a blended whiskey so it's it's a bourbon whiskey but it's blended it's a blend of five a five-year seven-year and eight-year-old whiskeys that come from kentucky and tennessee now here's the crazy part of it so that's where they come from but it's finished in french oak barrels um, for about four to five months and this is all done in napa valley california Uh, The actual uh, distillery is called uh, Orange Swift Cellars is the name in Napa Valley. Um, So it is, it's kind of finished in that, the the French oak barrel. So it's more of that, it's got that little wine almost feel. I think last time you guys heard me talking a little bit about wine because I do like my wine. Um, But that's what I think is really unique and kind of cool about this one. It is a blend of whiskeys that have already been aged from five, seven or eight years. Uh, and they come from either Kentucky or Tennessee, so it's it really is a blended whiskey or blended bourbon um that uh I think is pretty awesome the the uh they use to age their uh the the wine that they use so I'm gonna actually try to find this wine and see if it's uh, something I like to have. I'm sure I would based off of what I'm having but um the the barrels are used to age their mercury head cavern. Cab Savignon. So, anyways, or Cab uh, Mercury Head Cab. So, if you're finding Mercury Head Cabernet, that is what Straight Edge is using to, uh, uh, you know, kind of get the the taste, so to speak, out of their their whiskey. Now, what is it taste like? This is a. I talk. You know, I, I think that there are people that uh, have very unique uh, opinions, and like John has it. Oh, I can taste this I can taste that that's really not how I am you've probably listened to me so John, far
1: John has a sophisticated palate
0: mm-hmm. me not so much not so sophisticated so what I like to say with this one is that, and you can probably already tell that because John likes his like neat and I like mine on the rocks with maybe even a splash of water so the one thing about this and you guys have heard me say ooh it's sharp or it's whatever this whiskey to me is very soft So for a whiskey, or really for a bourbon, this is a softer whiskey. So it's not going to smack you in the face when you take a sip. It's going to be very smooth. It's not uh, crazy strong or anything like that. So that's one piece that I do love about it. The other part is there's a sweeter side to it. It actually says, if you look up how they taste it, it actually says it's got a little bit of a honeyed finish. Um, For me, it just tastes a little bit sweeter than maybe your traditional, um, you know, you know, you know, Woodford reserve type of whiskey. So that's where this comes into play for me again. I love it. I'm going to drink a boatload of it. I'm enjoying it tonight. And uh, these are the bottles that don't last very long in my shell, in my, uh, my whiskey cabinet. So anyway, Bobby, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Um, tonight?
0: I finally, it didn't take long. I got myself
1: out of the cellar here. Um, I, I got a win. I didn't win in every single league. I actually have a special beer that I'm waiting to open for when I, when I win deep week in, in every single league. I, I'm hopeful that it actually happens this year. We'll see if I, if I have to wait until uh, week 18 and uh, season's over um, to drink it, I guess that's what I will have to do. That's as long as I'll wait though. Um <laughs> That one I got from a uh, brewery called Sisyphus it's actually right over by the Walker Art Center. So if you know Minnesota or have seen you know, some pictures of uh, outdoor art, uh, there's that like cherry on a spoon thing. Okay. Um, just beyond that is this brewery called Sisyphus. Um, and I went in there after doing some uh, fun stuff with our family. And uh our my oldest go to the bathroom and that was the closest one. So we ran over to the brewery, went to the bathroom, and I was like, Well I'm here, I better grab a crawler. <laughs>
0: there you so, go.
1: Yeah. I felt bad otherwise, like just going in and using this uh this place's bathroom just randomly. So it was my excuse to buy something, is really what it was. Yeah. Um, makes sense. but they make a it was a peanut butter. So you're gonna you're gonna make fun of me here, Joe. It's an imperial stout. Um, oh okay. God! Peanut butter, vanilla, coffee, and some marshmallow in there. So it's kind of like a fluffer nutter sandwich kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, with some coffee, it's twelve percent. When I win every week, when I win every game, I'm gonna s- sit down on a hopefully be able to be comfortable on a Monday night and sit down with that. I got it in a crowler because I've been. Uh, actually saving all the cool crawlers that I find. Okay. And like our dad did, uh yeah. he had a a beer can room of, you know, just all different variety of beer can that you could ever think could be possible. Yes. And he, yeah. he's still has he still yeah, he's he's got his uh, bar back all decorated with them. I think you
0: told me he added to that collection the other day he found a beer a beer can that he thought was really cool. So right. he keeps
1: adding yeah. So I'm doing the same thing, but I'm using craft breweries and using their crawlers because they actually have some pretty cool art on some of them.
0: That's really cool, Bob. So do you uh do you open the bottom of the cans like dad always does or still does?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did do that. I have been doing that for all of them, just so it keeps that top of the can pristine, makes it look like it's, you know, still a full can, but then it's full all the way empty. And the the I don't know if dad tasted and drank every single one of the cans that that he has been keeping but that's what i'm doing with mine um so there, there'll be a little bit more backstory to some of them he's got some of the cool things there um, I, could,
0: I can totally see you but, at like 65 years old with your grandkids in the basement like grandpa did you drink this beer you're like oh yeah that was the sugar rush 75 count whatever you know kind of thing and you just give them the full details to every single taste. Of course.
1: Yeah. And so for the full details of this one. So this one is actually it's an Imperial Stout that I'm drinking. Um it is that Campfire Munchies that I was talking about. Yeah. Um that I was said once I get a win in in the garage league I'm gonna finally and um in our uh nightmare league that we've been calling it. Um (laughs) Nightmare League. That's absolutely um, I'm going to finally be able to get off of my little uh, hell island that I was on yep. with uh, not winning any games. And so this one has some chocolate, marshmallow, graham cracker, and vanilla to it. And uh, very much like like a s'more. I mean, there's there's a nice, subtle graham crackery taste to it. This actually came from the local uh, brewery by my house here, Lupulin in Big Lake, Minnesota.
0: Okay. I know that's one of your favorites. So it's really um, good.
1: Oh yeah, uh, but just a nice, smooth kind of strangely easy drinking nine percent stout, um, and that, that's probably because that marshmallow kind of um, that that sweetness that's there. I mean, I can even feel like a little stickiness on my lips as I'm drinking this thing um, from the sugars and everything else is there, but with that. Uh, It gives it that smoother finish and everything and just some wonderful, wonderful stuff. I'm looking forward to a couple other beers that are coming up uh, from actually Fargo has a really cool brewery called Drecker, uh, and they do some really unique beers up there. A lot of IPAs come out of there, um, but they actually just did one again. it's It's a dessert beer. I've been getting into those lately and as everyone else has heard. Um, they just made one that literally they have like, it's like blueberry cheesecake. Okay. And again, like graham crackers, blueberries, like the cheesecake kind of thing going on. Like just ridiculous things that they're doing. Um, and so, I mean, there's a lot of different things. A lot of brewers are doing crazy unique things like that. Um, but when, when, uh, when you come up here, we'll have to hit up Lupulin and you can understand what I'm talking about.
0: Yes. I'm sure we will hit up ourselves a brewery here in a few weeks. Um, So very cool. Uh, And, you know, I'm going to wrap up our, this first segment uh, of our show tonight with something that I found out uh, the other day from a neighbor. Now I don't know about anybody else, but has anybody ever heard of a Scotch league? And in this case, I'm talking to I guess just you, Bobby.
1: <laughs> um, actually one of one of my neighbors is with his brothers, um, they do like a whiskey league essentially. Yeah. Whiskey where, league scotch
0: league, something like where that. Where
1: they do it where um the winner of the league gets scotches or whiskeys or bourbons okay. from all of the losers. Is this like a
0: fantasy football league in Yeah, the, that yeah.
1: yeah. That's really and, cool. And then what they also do, because you know, most of them are siblings, is they'll they'll wager smaller bottles of bourbon and and whiskey with each other for their head to head matchups.
0: Ooh, I like it.
1: And so so he was telling me he had about six different bottles of crown royal in his basement right now because he's been beating his brothers <laughs> last couple of years oh my gosh and uh he's just like yeah i've been just kind of stocking up on them. so when i lose i'll just give one of those away to somebody else yeah you know that just makes kinda, sense kind of holding on to him but when when they win that everyone kind of says all right this is the bottle that i'm gonna wager up this year and everyone puts you know somewhere in that like Fifty to eighty dollar range of a whiskey that they're kind of wagering. You no, know,
0: see now you need to get it. you need to get this guy listening to our podcast because he might just have to uh, find out some good whiskeys from us. Mm-hmm. All all of them are reasonably priced. Actually, or, John yeah. found a forty dollar bottle of Eagle Rare the other day that I was pretty excited about. Nice. So anyway what know. this he is get,
1: he could get me actually drinking whiskey that's and true. beer that's all true. The time this could too. be good
0: you should be more friends with him <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're he's a cool guy yeah, that's good so this is not a fantasy football related thing this is an actual scotch league so listen to this it's actually kind of cool but I, I they, uh, I found out from my, my neighbor buddy that he's like, yeah, the people that participate are a little snooty about their whiskeys <laughs> and their scotches and their bourbons. He goes, but eliminate that from the conversation. It's actually a really cool thing. So they literally what they do is they, they have uh, every week during the football season, they have uh, weekly matchups and they do like a round robin. So. You bring a a whiskey or a bourbon or a scotch, and it goes up against a whiskey, bourbon, or scotch. Now, mm. like let's say there's ten people in the league, so one week is one game. The other yeah. guys are participate they they participate by drinking out of the bottle, right? Yeah. Um. And and so there's some way of determining like okay, this week is scotch, next week is bourbon. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they kind of pick it that way. Um. But it's legitimately like a head-to-head matchup, and you know, there's a, a round robin and then they have playoffs and you're eliminated as you go. <laughs>
1: <kind of> <laughs> so, and so it, everyone's bringing... not allowed you use like
0: the same bottle more than twice. Right. Yeah. So if it wins twice, it's, it's but done. Now It's like done. You can't use it again. Yeah. You know, so There's some, there's some crazy little rules to it, but I thought that was pretty cool. So we'll, yeah. we'll use that as our end to our, uh, <laughs> our first part of our, yeah, uh, no I, the that, the is, that
1: is, that is a brand new thing that I, I have never heard of before matchup against somebody else i have seen um there's again here in minnesota we have a local um guy paul Charchian, and uh scott fish scott fishbowl for those of you that um have seen or heard about that one um huge industry-wide fantasy football league with all pretty much all the experts they get some other people involved raise a ton of money for for kids, um, a lot of times they'll raise a bunch of money and then go to like Target, Walmart, wherever, and buy kinds of gifts for people at Christmas time that can't afford them otherwise. Raise a ton of money. Some of the coolest stuff you've ever seen, especially, you know, the fantasy football community is one that really can get into that kind of stuff. Well, so this guy, Paul Charchian, um, he actually does the longest running fantasy football show in America from what i understand. I, I may be misquoting them on that but i don't think i am. So they do fantasy football weekly. Um it runs every Saturday here in Minnesota on KFan. They are, they also podcast a bunch as well. He's the uh founder of Guillotine Leagues, one of our favorite ways to play fantasy yeah, football.
0: Absolutely. Um
1: and so he's actually one of the guys that, like, from what I understand, he's one of the guys that came up with it. He owns GuillotineLeagues.com, runs that whole thing. Um, super cool, fun way to play. Anyways, um, he and his buddies do something similar where, we, where they do a weekend getaway, and everyone brings a bottle of scotch, bourbon whiskey, whatever it might be, and they do, like, a double elimination tournament style Thing and like at the end of the weekend they rank the fourteen whiskeys that were brought, and so um, kind of similar concept, but um, to a single week or weekend.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's pretty cool. So
1: just some of the cool stuff cool. That, that people do and uh, different ways to really you know all of this. Really, what I what I see in all this drinking beer, drinking whiskey, and football, it's a way to just bring people together. Let's hang out. Let's talk. Let's have some fun. And so that's ultimately what I'm hoping that people get out of our conversations here. Let's just talk. Let's have some fun. And if you win some, have a a great time, win some matchups in your fantasy football and and in your scotch leagues as well. Um, Hopefully you're able to take some fun out of all this.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well let's dive into uh the, the remainder here of our segments. So the next time we were going to briefly uh we're gonna shorten this one tonight just because we spent a little bit extra time on our whiskies. Um, but uh uh last week. So we'll give you some quick just updates, kind of what happened, some things to be aware of if you missed it, which if you're listening to us, you probably didn't miss it. Um, but injuries, trades, news, you know, you know
1: what's straight, happening.
0: What's going on, you know, that kind of stuff. So News flash, right? CMC gets hurt. He's out this week, as many people know. Uh, some injuries to, to kind of pay attention to. I saw Antonio Brown is, is potentially going to miss this week as well. Um, he's out with COVID. He's, he's actually
1: returning to practice tomorrow and probably going to play this week.
0: Okay, good. Well, I wanted to bring that, him up. That, because- just
1: came, that just came out, like I think, like oh, maybe an
0: hour or so ago. Okay, because so I, I read earlier today that that it was not the case, but he needed two negative tests in 24 hours, so he very well could have had that today um, in order to be able to play. So he was dealing with a, a yeah. COVID. I issue.
1: think what it what it was is it's two negative tests or 10 days, and 10 days ends tomorrow.
0: Okay, that makes so sense. he
1: returns to that. So that's why he's able to return to practice. I, I believe tomorrow is. That's day eleven, I believe. I don't know exactly how the timeline worked out, but um, Adam Schefter had tweeted out that hey, he's going to be playing this week. Makes
0: sense. Or, Very good. So some, some other injuries and things to look into. These are I'm going to just I'm going to say these names because if you have them on your team, you want to be checking week or you know right up till game time essentially to see if they're going to play. So Shepard, Sterling Shepard, um, he did get hurt last week. Uh, I think it was a hamstring issue. Uh, but somebody to pay attention to because, you know, if he plays, he could be a target monster. If he doesn't, you're a little worried. Um, A.J. Brown, Bobby, you know this is your guy. And, and yeah. to an extent, I don't think Julio's was quite as bad. Um, A.J. Brown, I heard he may not um, may not play this week. Right. Um, but that one, again, definitely want to pay attention to that one. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think this one has a, a lot of – moving parts from a fantasy standpoint if he doesn't play um you're looking at Claypool and uh, juju but i think juju might even be dealing with a little bit of an issue himself so mm-hmm. um, those guys are are again pay attention to that t higgins so this is a cincinnati's thursday night right
1: yeah he's so, out
0: so thursday night t higgins is out officially yeah. um which opens the door for those of you who may have a void um or may have uh uh Chase Uh, Chase uh, and primarily because a trade we're about to talk about where I'm going to mention just briefly uh, Jacksonville just traded away pretty much their best cornerback so you're looking at a pretty good opportunity on the off you know the wide receiver side here uh, with those players Uh, Dalvin Cook he is optimistic about playing this week and I am optimistic for him because I have him in the Highlander League and I would love him to play uh Josh Jacobs uh definitely pay attention to him and if you have barber he's proven to be a very good um uh just kind of uh
1: he's he's a good yeah good fill in yeah he he helped me out to be able to get some of the wins that i didn't get so i'm very appreciative of that
0: Um, i think everything in the uh la rams backfield pay attention to that everything in the san francisco backfield do you have any updates on that bobby is mitchell gonna play
1: um, I haven't seen too much on whether or not he's going to play it. He, he seems to be on track to play this week, which, is, yeah. which to your point, kind of muddies that backfield a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, and
0: Trey Sermon, honestly, was terrible. So I can't it, imagine they're really looking forward to having Trey be their primary well, back.
1: The, the thing that was baffling is that they come out and they give the first run to their fullback
0: yeah yeah like, i saw that too that that is that not a lot is that enough proof conference? that you know what we don't really like sermon right yeah, now we're not too con- i more. mean he
1: bailed the out this last week with that touchdown but sure. without, i yeah. mean you take that out of the equation yeah i mean yeah, yeah. so to move on because i don't want to go yeah. too far we don't, don't want to too f- long yeah. in
0: the seven uh chicago quarterbacks just i'm gonna just make this a blanket statement avoid at all costs. So don't yeah. even worry about them. Just avoid them. Right. You Gronk, can't do
1: anything until they show you that they can do something.
0: Gronk came out with an injury, but he's probably going to play.
1: He's probably going to score a touchdown this week. I he's, would be
0: shocked if he doesn't play against new England. Let's just put it. Yeah. Uh in New England, yeah, he's gonna you know, he's gonna do everything it takes to play. And then a trade, of course, I just mentioned it briefly, but Dan Arnold is gonna play for Jacksonville, I believe, this week. How much he's gonna play is is iffy, but Jacksonville is really low on tight ends right now, so they're probably gonna get him involved if they can pretty early. Um, any highlights from Week Three? We got about a minute left in this segment, so any highlights from Week Three you want to mention?
1: Uh, no other big things that really stick out too much. I know some of the things we might mention as we're talking briefly. Uh, about these next games here. Um, and so nothing that sticks out at least in this section of things.
0: Yeah, very good. All right, well, let's get into it then so the next segment we start getting into, into our games. So we've done this now we're gonna we're gonna split up our our game sections when we talk about the the upcoming week. Uh, we're gonna split them up into poured out games. What poured out games are essentially, They're pretty obvious. We don't have a whole lot of analysis, so to speak, on these. We're going to briefly go over the games, give you maybe a one-minute spiel on players to pay attention to that are obvious. Um, If there is any shocking players or anything like that, then we'll let you know. The next one is take-a-shot game. So these are ones where we feel like there can be some really good scoring, um, could be some opportunities. We'll spend a little bit more time, maybe two to three minutes on these games, really giving you some insight as to who we feel like could be kind of standout players for the week inside those games and matches Uh, and the last one is drink it slow games so the drink it slow games we're going to spend about four to five minutes on each of these games these are ones that we really feel like we can take some time to analyze because there's a lot of moving parts in them or maybe there's some really maybe it could be a really high scoring game or maybe it's a fun game that listen everybody needs to tune in and watch this one because it's going to be a good one Um, and that kind of gives you an idea of what our game segment is going to be on as we go through this today so To start with the poured out games, I'll take the first one. It's Detroit versus Chicago. And I don't think this is much of a surprise to anybody. But for the most part, the only guy that you're, the only two players, in my opinion, Bobby, you can tell me if you think differently. There's only two players you're for sure starting, and that's Swift and Montgomery.
1: And Hawkinson.
0: Oh, sorry. And Hawkinson. you know how I feel about about Detroit tight ends. Right. Hawkinson bad week last week. You guys had that one right, uh, or John or one of you said that Baltimore is a better defense than most people think, and they did shut him down. Um, yeah. So uh, I, again, those are the three. Um, I have I'm kind of fading on Allen Robinson. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was really I, excited about him to start the season. Yeah, flex them exactly. But I, I was excited to start the season, but now I'm, you know, the, the quarterback issues there are, are clear and obvious.
1: Right. Well, the offensive issues in general are there. That's that's pretty much the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. I think for the um, most part, it, it centers around the um, offensive line, really, for them. Yeah.
1: One thing that I would at least temper expectations a little bit on Swift this week is Swift is fantastic. Uh, but the Bears. Have only allowed eleven receptions to the running back spot this season.
0: All oh, year, that's pretty good. That's a good stat to know. So, very so, good point.
1: So, if if they had allowed just even three less, they would be tied for the least amount.
0: Yeah, that's eight, good. eight
1: is the least amount by the Bills and the Washington football team.
0: Yeah, that's very good. good, so, good insight. So Speaking
1: of the that's Washington, where he gets a, that's where he gets a lot of his points from. The other thing that I want to look at too is. From those, So from those 11 catches, um, the running back position has gotten a total of 120 yards. So they do get a, a good chunk of yardage out of those receptions that do happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I'm not expecting a lot of work and a lot of production in that receiving game out of swift this week
0: yeah you're still that's a good thing out. and it's and, it, and that that makes you look a little bit more towards the Hawkinsons or the um Cephas's, you know as a mm. chance to kind of have a decent game so moving on to the next game because again we're trying to spend about a minute on each of these yeah. um is washington atlanta so you obviously mentioned them uh with receptions out of the backfield and that makes something kind of intriguing because i would say one of the better players out of atlanta right now is cordero patterson but primarily because you just know he's going to catch the ball in the backfield. So something to pay attention to on that. I wouldn't say uh, Patterson's necessarily in the uh, must start list by any means yet, um, but he's looking to be a pretty serviceable running back. Um, now on the opposite side of the ball, you know, with Atlanta, the other guy, I think for the no brainer, you're starting Ridley. Um, he's been a little yeah. bit of a disappointment, but you're starting him. Yeah. On the other you're side of the ball. Really,
1: okay. One uh, and to go to the receptions for one quick second. Washington has allowed 62 receptions to the wide receiver position in three games.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, a, that's, a, that, that's that all you need to know. Though. And Chicago kind of does the same thing. So, again, Atlanta, you're starting Ridley. I think that's a no-brainer. On the Washington side, um, you definitely go Gibson. You might flex a J.D. McKissick just because Atlanta's defense has been pretty poor um, right. in general. Uh, and then you're, you're definitely starting uh, McLaurin. I wouldn't go fly. There's some people that are streaming quarterbacks right now. I know Atlanta is not that great uh, defensively, and they've just had kind of a poor season overall. Um, they they did pretty good job last week of slowing down the Giants, but I'm not streaming the quarterback for Washington. Yeah. Heineke. Well, He's not and, being streamed for me.
1: No, and, well, and the same thing goes for Matt Ryan. I mean, I said they've allowed 62 wide receiver receptions, right, in three games so that you're thinking like, okay, that's what. 30 catches a game like yeah yeah. or 20 catches a game by wide receivers that's a little bit ridiculous but at the same time ridley can have like a 150 yards for and two touchdowns or something absolutely absurd this week yeah and matt ryan can go for like 227 and two touchdowns for the entirety of the game
0: absolutely like and that's
1: not serviceable
0: yeah and again that's just again real quick poured out game that's what you get for our analysis there Tennessee, the Jets, the sorry Jets, Bobby, what do you got?
1: Um, You're not starting any Jets. We're going to have to wait and see what the wide receiver position looks like in Tennessee. Um, And really the only guy that I'm super comfortable, at least as of right now, going into the game starting is Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah, I honestly don't know that there is anybody else that you I mean, you consider the wide receivers in Tennessee, but you don't know their health. So yeah. you got to look for other options. You can't count on that.
1: Right. Um, and weirdly, the and I'm not- Jets secondary fantasy wise, isn't something that's being like exploited so much. Yeah. They've only they're allowed
0: just, out. They're just out- losing games because their, their offense is terrible.
1: Right. Right. And so it's not like, yeah, let's who is going to have a huge game. Cause the jets think, I mean, he, he might have a pretty decent game, especially if AJ Brown doesn't play. Um, but at the same time, they're not allowing... I mean, Washington has twice as many receptions allowed to wide receivers than the Jets. The Jets only have 31 receptions to the wide receiver position. And if we're looking at wide receivers here, you're not, you're, you're not going to start whoever the tight end for Tennessee is. I think Fersker is the only name that comes to mind, and I think he was out last week. So I don't even know who else they have to throw the ball to. I see this as another big Derrick Henry game. Oh, that's yeah, that's really and, the only that's guy that's going to be starting anyway. out of this.
0: Yeah, that's what Tennessee is anyway. Tannehill, I, you know, again, flyer. No, I don't really think I'd take him not in this game. Next one for you, Bobby, is Houston-Buffalo.
1: Um, same sort of thing. Houston, you're only starting one player, and that's Cooks. Yep. Uh, Buffalo, you're starting basically all of the wide receivers. You're starting Diggs, Sanders, and Beasley is at least flex-worthy. Um. You're starting Allen. I mean, we, I talked about it last week and how Allen was going to have a big game, and he had himself a big game. Um, there's definitely nothing to shake a stick at there. Um, that was his best game that he's had all season, inarguably, and maybe one of the better ones that will have all season long as well. Um, but, again, that goes to show how how poor Washington's secondary truly is, especially when they go up against elite talent. Um, I think Zach, the the only question marks really is Zach Moss. Is he finally a, you know, a flex worthy or even an RB too. Um He seems to be kind of sprouting into that. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it to see him in, you know, that at least 27 or so range at running back at the end of the week. And depending on what your options are, um, you might be able to comfortably start him this coming week.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point to make, too. I, I, th- I think Houston's better than what people are really thought they'd be, um, but it's still a tough call on a lot of things there. So good good piece there. We'll move on. Next game, Indiana or uh, the Colts versus the Dolphins. This one's mine. I'll take it real quick. Um, I think this one will be a pretty low scoring game. Uh, you know that th- there really isn't a whole lot offensively to be excited about for either teams. One thing I will say in this game is Jacoby Brissett revenge game. Uh, you know he's playing <laughs> against his old team, so he's going to show up. He's going to do some stuff. Interesting stuff for uh, Miami. Just real quick, Jaseki, uh, good game last week from a tight end standpoint. Had a lot of yards, uh, made some plays. He actually won me a week in one of my fantasy leagues, which by the way I won all four this week, which is awesome. Um. And then the only guy on Miami to really talk about is Waddle. So if they repeat what they did last week against Vegas, yes, you're starting both of them. I think for them they're not like no-brainer starts, but they are they're considerations. If you don't no. have anything better, flex um, You're flexing Waddle um, and possibly starting tight end at Jacecki because he is probably a top. He may not be top 12 this week, but he's probably top 15. You know, he's, he's up there. Uh, on the Indianapolis side, uh, I think people are still a little bit disappointed with what they've seen on Taylor. A little bit of a tougher matchup so far for him this season, but um, I think he's still on the on the you know top 24 running backs for the week. Yeah. He might slide into an RB two type role nowadays, but uh, definitely still starting him. Uh, I The guy to kind of keep paying attention to in India is Pittman. Um, if he can continue to to kind of increase his usage, he could be somebody that's interesting. That's really it in that game. Um, yeah. I don't consider Carson Wentz. I don't consider Hines. Like these guys. Hines may be a flex, but it's, again, you're, you're hoping for a touchdown if you're going to flex Hines, uh, and there's no promise to that. So that gives you a little bit of an idea on that game. Bobby, last one on our uh, poured-out games is the Giants versus the Saints. It's all you. Um,
1: you're starting Barkley. He, he showed you that he can actually do something. Now was against Atlanta, uh, but you're starting Barkley. You want to pay attention to what's going on with those injuries that you mentioned earlier with Shepard. Um, he's really kind of the only wide receiver that I'm truly considering starting if he's playing at this point with um, with Galladay. I want him to show me that he can do it before I'm going to start him. You're not touching the tight end so much in New York, at least not yet. New Orleans, you're starting Kamara. I don't know about anybody else. Maybe there's some decent DFS plays uh, outside of, um, you know, Outside of Callaway, I, but I just don't trust that enough, and you never know when Winston is just going to play down to his opponent and just be terrible again. Um, yeah, so there's, that's there's a, like that's that that's a great
0: point because <clears throat> Winston is maybe for those that are streaming quarterbacks, he's maybe on the outside of an option for this week, mm-hmm. but that's so hard to say. I mean, you really yeah. got to guess right, and there's no way to guess that correctly. Right, right. Um, so that's really where we are. There, it's, it's I, hard. And, I think that's a good way to kind of wrap up our port out. You know, no more, too, we still want to spend too much time in this segment. We probably spent about eight or nine minutes here, so a little bit over what I was planning, but that's okay. Moving on to the next, we got the first game on our list in the take a shot game. I think this one could be a high score. I know John kind of had this game in some way, shape, picked out as a, uh, a stackable game in DFS, uh, but this is Kansas City versus Philadelphia. Bobby, all you. Um,
1: start everybody just about, I mean, it's hard not to, You your start. So on the Philadelphia side, um, Hertz looked not very good and he still got like 24 points last week, 22 yep. points, yep. something like that. Um, I don't have it right in front of me, but he gave you a pretty serviceable game out of pretty much nothing. And he didn't do a ton of running in that game either. Um, so you're starting him. Sanders is definitely startable, especially given Kansas City isn't great against running backs. Um, one thing that Kansas City does do is uh, they don't – they're almost Bears-like in that they, only, they don't give up a lot of receptions to to the running back position or a lot of yards, only 125 yards to uh, running backs all season long, which um, kind of puts them middle of the pack overall. But – I don't, it, it's hard not to start a lot of the running back for a pretty good offense. Um, one guy that I'm not hearing too much from did a little bit of something is Dallas Goddard. Um, yeah,
0: Ertz was was actually uh, active last yeah, week, which helped. And
1: scored a touchdown. Um,
0: and he had some plays. He, he made some plays. Good. One thing I'll say on, on Philly, because, you know, just a, a quick note. Uh, You mentioned Sanders. I I think you are starting him because I don't think Kansas City's defense against running back, at least the last two years really, hasn't been very good. Uh, But Sanders only had two carries last week. Now, Philly was behind, so you got to keep that in mind. Um, But that's a little scary. Uh, He's probably an outside RB2 this week, um, but it's a little nerve-wracking if you have him. What about Kansas right. City? I mean, the most part, I'm I'm pretty sure you're starting everybody, right?
1: Well, and then one just quick, I mean, uh, Smith, he'll have a rebound game. I think he, you know, he got he went up against Diggs. Diggs is one of the better tight end, or one of the better coverage corners well, of uh And year. to that
0: note, so, with with Smith, I mean, you're starting him because of the upside, um, but he's at minimum, he's at a minimum flex play. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You're not comfortable as with him as your RB two. You don't um, want to. Or <laughs> wide receiver, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, Kansas City side, there's nobody that you're not starting that isn't the number one person in their position. So, I mean, you're starting Mahomes. You're starting Kelsey. You're starting CEH. He's you know, somewhat back, and they seem to be pretty confident in him um, this last week and kind of showing, like, hey, he's here. He's going to be playing. Um, And you're starting Hill. I don't know that you're starting Michael Hardman or anybody else. Um, I mean, they they made a splash by
0: signing Josh Gordon. He's more of a name than anything else. Well, we'll see what that even turns into, right? Uh, and and you know he might be something special. He could end up being a dud. Just I, I mean, all season. he
1: was barely anything when he was playing last. We saw him in Seattle.
0: Yeah, so but I don't that know is, how it's going to be. All but too Kansas much City different. could. Could easily be the best situation he could possibly go to. Yeah,
1: he hasn't been relevant since what, like twenty
0: thirteen. Yeah, yeah, right. So, no kidding.
1: All right, I, um, I just, there's,
0: there's not a lot there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so not too much more to talk about that game. But again, uh, a good one could be one taking a shot on if you got some players. Could be fun to watch. Uh, Baltimore, Denver. That's you, Bobby.
1: Oh, sorry, Baltimore, Denver. Um, okay, it's very interesting. There's 290, so almost 300 total yards has been given up by to the tight end position. So okay. you are 100%. I mean, they got the so tight ends. Uh, now, given they played some of the top tight ends in the league, but Ant isn't someone that's, you know, he, he is a young, up-and-coming, great tight end in this league. And so you're starting him with a lot of confidence, I like him in DFS. He's pretty cheap as well. We'll get into that later on.
0: Well, um, and, and real quick on Baltimore's defense. One thing I think that they proved last week is they have a unique ability to kind of focus their attention on one player. So, like, mm-hmm. when they played Kansas City, you know, Hill had almost no stats. Like, he barely touched the yeah. ball. But Kelsey blew him up, mm-hmm. right? And then when they played, you know, Detroit, you know, Hawkinson barely touched the ball. Here's the tight end that you just said. He barely touched the ball. Yeah. Now, they didn't do a great job against Vegas, but I think they learned their lesson against them Yeah, uh, and, and made some adjustments. But anyway, keep going.
1: Um, Tim Patrick, Worley, I think, uh, along with it was Bridgewater. Um, yep. If you're streaming quarterbacks. If you're streaming I,
0: quarterbacks, Bridgewater could be a right. good one because they're more likely going to be behind, but they're at well, home. And they could win that game.
1: But the reason why I say that is the Baltimore Ravens defense has given up almost a 1,000 yards passing already this season.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy.
1: Again, they've gone up against some really good opponents, like we said again already. But almost a 1,000 yards.
0: You might as well stop talking because Bunker is destroying this segment. He
1: he has – on uh on the Denver Broncos,
0: yeah, clearly, uh, and the Baltimore Raiders, <laughs> apparently,
1: he wants to make sure that I talk about the running backs for for Denver. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm getting yeah. to it, dude. Well, hey, we're okay. now we're approaching um, now we're, we're approaching three minutes on this segment or on this this game, so yeah. wrap it up.
1: Um, okay, flex worthy running backs. I mean, you can't not flex or at least consider them in in the flex position with Javante Williams um you're you're encouraged by his usage as well um so we'll see what what goes on there Baltimore side of the ball he's starting the quarterback jackson he now he does have some like sore back or something like that going on. He had that going into last week um he's fine Tyson Williams who knows what's gonna happen there? There's A little bit of bipolarness kind of going on with that, with his usage. I think he's going to come back to being the feature back. Um, Malcolm Brown left almost like 40 fantasy points on the field when he dropped the ball three times, which could have been three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, yeah. and so it made John look smart. That's for a dumb reason that he looks smart after our bet from last week. Yeah, And so I'm discouraged by that because I could have like rubbed this whole thing in his face about how wrong he was about Hollywood Brown and, and how good he is. Um, I see him bouncing back this week, hopefully. Uh, maybe that's wishful thinking more than anything else. And yep. uh, Andrews is giving you some optimis- optimism. Um, sounds like we're also going to see Bateman in the next couple of weeks. And so if uh, he's in your IR slot, start preparing for him coming back into your bench. If you, if he is out there in your league, I encourage you to go and grab him. Um, you never know what he's going to be, and this is going to be a high-scoring offense. Um, there's a lot of optimism about his ability, and he's one of the um, former Minnesota receivers, so we're, we uh, are excited to see what he's going to be coming take here, at least on that end.
0: Alright, so I'm going to give you a breather because remember I said we we're coming up on that three-minute time frame and then you spent another two minutes. Yep, I did. <laughs> we're going to, you're going to have to listen to how it, it really works when we try to talk inside of a two-minute window, okay? I so I'm going to go my game listen. next, and my game is Pittsburgh-Green Bay, all right? So there's plenty of startable players in this game, all right? Um, this is why it's a little bit of a take-a-shot game for me. And Devontae Adams, uh, you're, you're playing against a good defense in Pittsburgh, one of the better defenses, but they did the same. They, Pittsburgh's defense is built a little bit like San Francisco's. Great pressure from the offensive line. They have some pieces in the secondary, but that might be where they're beatable, right? So I think Devontae Adams is a great start this week. Obviously, you're not going to not play him. Aaron Rodgers, I think this is a more of an Aaron Rodgers game than it is an Aaron Jones game. So I'm leaning I'm leaning the quarterback more than I'm leaning Aaron Jones in the running back side. So, you know, we'll see kind of that dynamic. But Jones is definitely startable. He's still a top 24 running back. He's probably an RB one this week um, just because he does get some volume out of the backfield catching. Uh, So that's the Green Bay side on the Pittsburgh side. um, Green Bay is sneaky. Good with defensive backs. They had a good pick. The Stokes kid out of Georgia is a pretty good player. He's looked good. Um, they have one of the best defensive backs already in the game. Their safeties are a little bit weak. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh's the question mark. I, I don't play Roethlisberger. Uh, although, this, no. although I do think uh, Green Bay will be winning the game. He's not somebody I'm streaming. He just looked just old. <laughs> Let's yeah. be real. Well, I mean,
1: looked- didn't he? Hand the ball off or something and then like fall over. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a, been a highlight of that.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think I think Najee Harris, you're playing. Um, yeah. and then you just gotta pay attention to the wide receiver room. An uh, interesting player to think about is Freermouth. Um, he's kind of taken over at least the receiving aspect of the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Titans.
1: That's um, that baby Gronk we talked about to. last week.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't um be starting him necessarily, but just pay attention to him as yeah. they kind of go. Right, um, but that's and, how that's how two minutes sound, Bobby.
1: Right. So I just want to highlight your point that you made about the Green Bay they've only allowed twenty six wide receiver receptions all season long. That is worse than the league for offenses. So okay, the best, so best, best for, league for defensive yeah. back. So like you don't want your wide receiver going up against Green Bay because they've only allowed they've allowed less than ten receivers each game less than nine actually in total it's yeah and that might that, that might shade a little bit so, more
0: towards a freer move having a decent game right kelsey to, or a Kittle so, had a decent game last week so. so
1: while they're the best against wide receivers they are the worst against tight ends they've allowed one tight end receptions in these three years. so that's seven catches yep. with tight ends they allowed 19 receptions to running backs again same sort of deal. They're not great against that short passing game that those running backs getting those receptions. Um, and then tight ends getting those catches as well. They aren't defending those very well. But on that parent
0: shutting it down. Yeah. So interesting. You added an extra minute and a half to my two because, minute perfect right. Be- analysis. Yeah,
1: you're you're welcome.
0: Uh, it's, it's yes, not necessary. Uh, let's see if you can get your section here <laughs> to two minutes. I might add 30 seconds. Jacksonville, Cincinnati, go.
1: Um, you aren't doing anything with anybody in Jacksonville. I don't think you can really start any of them. The only one that you can consider would be um, Jones, Marvin Jones. Everybody else I don't think you can play. Um. Cincinnati, uh, you're starting pretty much everybody that's healthy. I mean, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't be able to put Burrow in it. If you have, you know, you probably waited a while to grab a quarterback. If Burrow's your quarterback, you're going to start him. Um, Unless you got like um, cousins on uh, on your roster, somebody else like that, maybe Carr. You'd start over them, but I don't really think that you will, especially given, as you said earlier, straight away the best cornerback who's only a second year guy, anyways. Um, You're starting the wide receivers, Boyd and Chase, and Mixon's stuff. Well, that's it.
0: Good. Hey, that was pretty good. Solid two minutes. Here's my 30 seconds. I think this game ends up being closer than people think. Cincinnati's defense is a pretty good defense. Jacksonville, eh, not so much. Um, But I think Jacksonville will begin to start to figure a little bit of it out. This is now the fourth game for a rookie quarterback. At that point, they usually start to get a little bit better feel of their own offense. Um, And I actually like DJ Shark this week. He scored a touchdown last week. He's somebody that could be a flex flex play for me. Uh, I do start James Robinson. Uh, as well, but mostly because of where you're drafting him and what your other options might be at running back. Um, But overall, I think this could be an interesting game to watch. Uh, There could be some good fantasy points in it. It should be fun, actually, on a Thursday night, a game that maybe you you wouldn't have thought would be interesting or fun to watch, but it could very well be. Yeah, this is a game Um, that nobody would watch if it wasn't on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Next game, Carolina-Dallas. I think this could be a really good game, too. This is a -a take-a-shot game, obviously, for us. Um, I think it could just be a good game. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a huge fantasy game, but definitely could be a good game. So on the fantasy side, um, Dak has basically proven to you why he is one of the top five quarterbacks every single week in fantasy football. For the most part, he completely controlled his offense against Philadelphia, made tons of plays, did exactly what you want your quarterback to do, especially in fantasy football. Basically, have his hands on the ball majority of the game. He did hand off the ball a couple of times for Zeke touchdowns, but who cares? On that note, you're starting Dak. Zeke, you're starting, but don't expect last week from Zeke. Carolina's defense is solid. On the uh, wide receiver side, uh, you're starting CeeDee Lamb. You're starting Amari Cooper. All those guys are starters, no questions. The only one on Dallas you want to take a look at is is Pollard. He's He is arguably an RB2. I mean, he's played well enough these last few weeks to be considered, and he's involved enough in that offense to be considered. But the biggest thing about Dallas and the reason why he's in that, that mode is because Dallas has a lot of offensive plays. They hold they have the ball a lot in their games. Um, and partly is because they've been giving up scores to other teams very quickly. So uh, there is going to be some back and forth in this. Now, Carolina, um, Sam Darnold has kind of come out and proven himself as a guy that you can start in fantasy football. Uh, he's also proven himself as a, a very solid NFL quarterback. Um, I like the idea of Sam uh, Sam Donald. I think based off of proof from last year in Carolina when CMC was hurt, I think Chuba Hubbard is absolutely a startable player. He's probably uh, somewhere in the RB two range this week. I wouldn't put him RB one, but RB two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then DJ Moore is the only other wider, the only wide receiver I play. At. Robbie Anderson's kind of scary to me. He's proven that he's not really as involved as we might hope. Um, so that's for Carolina, Dallas. That's what I got.
1: Yeah, I mean, to to your point with Sam Darnold, he has at least 275 passing yards in every game this year, and he has a bunch of rushing rushing touchdowns as well. Um, he's actually tied for the most at the quarterback position with three, um, which I mean, that's good, that gets points. It actually ties him with Derrick Henry for rushing touchdowns, so just saying, not saying. Uh, there you go. But um, definitely someone who you can stream, and he's seeming more and more like a, a guy that knows what he's doing out there and has some confidence, and that's probably just the Adam Gase effect uh, there showing you go. itself.
0: There you go. Last game, and we're going to go through this one a little bit quicker because uh, Bobby's analysis goes forever. Uh, <laughs> just giving you shit. I know. Anyway, Seattle, San Francisco, this is definitely a take-a-shot game. This one was kind of borderline uh, that drink-it-slow game to me. I think it will be a good game to watch. Um, But really, fantasy side, uh, there's a couple players to focus on. The first one I want to focus on is Kittle. So he had a good week last week. This week he's going against the Seattle defense that has given up a ton of points to tight ends. Um, So I'm prepared. I'm ready. I'm excited to have Kittle on my team if I have a shot at him. Uh, another player on the San Francisco side that I'd be very interested, at least in playing, uh, and and definitely startable is Debo Samuel.
1: Um, mm-hmm. So
0: Debo, again, he's kind of getting into his role. He's definitely more the 2019 Debo than he is a 2020 Debo, um, from what we're seeing, at least at this point in the season. Uh, you're you're not playing any quarterbacks in San Francisco, and you're probably not playing any running backs in San Francisco. However. If Mitchell is eligible, I might take a flyer on him.
1: After See, yeah, seeing
0: what the Vikings backup, uh, you know, Madison did against Seattle last week, I, I feel a little bit differently
1: about the the running backs in San Francisco. I think is especially if we have clarity on like there's only one of these guys playing. Um, right, you're going to be confident in starting, you know, Trey Sermon or or Elijah Mitchell. Um, regardless, though, I think that they're for sure flex consideration for you. I, I wouldn't be outright benching them uh, because there is still going to be a good amount of value there. Um, one thing that sticks out as I've been talking up all this podcast, here's the, the receptions allowed and San Francisco allows about seven receptions a game to the running Seattle. They allow almost eight receptions per game so far. To the running back position, and so yeah. let's say you're getting even half of those points. That's at least four or five points, just right off the gate. Uh, well, and, but points. I do think Bobby, so I will say... you got six or seven points right at your flex position, and the guy hasn't even ran the ball
0: once. Well, but I'm saying to that is, is San Francisco's offense doesn't necessarily function that same way, right? So there, that's something to keep in mind here too. So th- that stat is absolutely accurate. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but the way that San Francisco run, plays their their game, the running backs just they might get a screen here or there, but they're not going to be focusing on that uh, part of their game. Uh, on the Seattle side, again, you've bombarded my two minutes. And, well, and, and one I have other to thing go really yeah. fast. No, no at more at the beginning of, of
1: at the beginning of the season, Brandon wasn't playing last week. He had an eighty-six percent snap rate, and so you're highly encouraged by that. He scored a touchdown. He's, again, a guy that you can at least consider flexing. He's showing you that he's going to be out on the field, and you can have a little bit more confidence
0: there. That was a complete waste of 20 seconds. You're welcome. Seattle, and now I have to like only say names in Seattle. Uh, starting players, Wilson, Carson, DK, Lockett. Done.
1: What, what more analysis did you need?
0: Well, apparently if I would have wanted more, I don't get it anymore because you talk too much. All right. Now we're going to our drink it slow games. This is where Bobby <laughs> can take a little bit more time. All right. Um, I am gonna start us off with the Cleveland, Minnesota game. How uh, is this obviously. a drink it slow game? How what do you mean? How is this a drink it slow game? How
1: how is it a drink it slow game? There's not a lot of analysis here.
0: I think there actually is. So let me explain why okay. I'm the one talking about it. So you know what? You know, go you know, whatever. Mm, go fight. <laughs> So I think this game is going to be—it's going to—it's going to tell us a lot about both of these teams. Okay, so Minnesota, of course, should be two and one at a minimum. Really, in a lot of ways, could be three and zero right now. Uh, And we're Viking fans, so you know, give us the break here on us being a little bit of homers. Um, But from a from a a Cleveland side of the ball, you got a couple things going on. First of all, a head coach is coming back after uh, a season and playing in Minnesota. Is it in Minnesota? I believe it is. Yes. Um, in Minnesota for the first time since he's left, and there's a lot of people that like him. Um, but let's think about what Cleveland does well. Okay, Cleveland runs the ball really well. Now you have two running backs in Cleveland. You got um, Chubb, of course, and you got uh, – oh, my God, why is he uh, – Hunt. Hunt. So Chubb and Hunt. Now they're, they're two different style players. And what I'd say about Minnesota's defense is a lot of experts or analysis kind of said that Minnesota would be good against the run. That was kind of a a position of potential strength because of all the changes they made in the offseason. So with that in mind, you'd think, okay, well, if the season went as expected, I probably wouldn't be looking at starting it. I mean, a hunt at least. Maybe he's probably still flexible, but I'd be a little bit worried about it, right? So let's look at what Minnesota has done against the run this season. In the first game, they got basically blown out by Mixon. Mixon had a great game, 100 maybe something rushing yards, et cetera. In game number two, the running backs were more involved in the passing game. So you got a little bit of a mix of uh, you know Chase Edmonds really catching the ball and getting a lot of points. I think he had maybe 15 or 16 points against the Vikings that week. And then this last game, Carson – had one touchdown run, which was really nice. Um, but on that, he was really second half. He was slowed and didn't do much. So I think this this, this is part of the reason why it's a drink slow game to me is those players that you think are no-brainers, I think the Vikings defensively will begin to start to figure it out as the season goes on. And this is one of those games, a stand-up game for them to have the opportunity to show, you know what? We're better than what you think we are. If they can stop the run against Cleveland, Cleveland players get really scary to start. So, OBJ I'm probably starting because the Vikings secondary has proven that they struggle at times. But OBJ will probably going against for the most part will be going up against um, Pe- Peterson. So it, it becomes that's, that's not it's, imposing. That's not as imposing. It's, it's imposing-ish. It is. It's not like they're going up against you know. Trade Avius White or anything like that, but it's imposing it. So you you flare a little bit there. I'm not a big Baker fan. I don't think he's a big, you know, fantasy stud by any means. So that one is just a little bit iffy as well. So I, I think these players, you really have to get a good look and decide. Chubbs a no brainer. Hunt is in my flex position. OBJ is a potential flex, but he's kind of on that borderline of our, our wide receiver two flex range, uh, and I'm not starting Baker. On the Minnesota side, Bobby, and then you can add. On the Minnesota side, again, another defense that's built around big names and talent of people that should do really well. But Cleveland, again, has had some issues. If you look at just the Kansas City team itself, granted it's Kansas City's offense who's efficient in how they've played. Uh, But if you look at the Texans scored 21 points against them. Uh, And then you go to the Bears who just were terribly offensively. Um, So the defense has some question marks, but they also have some really good defensive ends. So you look at Garrett, who exploded last week, right? And you look at the the pass rushers that Cleveland's going to bring at Minnesota's questionable offensive line, who's played great this year, but still a questionable offensive line. It becomes a conversation. Do you start Cousins this week? He did great against minimal pressure last week. But do you start him? I think the Vikings hope to have control of this game. If Cook is playing, again, do you start him? There's some questions here. I love Cook if he plays um, because he's kind of the equalizer that's going to be able to mitigate some of that pressure with little screens, dump off passes, draw plays on blitzes, stuff like that, just to kind of help out the offense. If Cook doesn't play, you're thinking more of uh cousins start with the wide receivers obviously being involved, um but I'm a little nervous on that now i'm am I not starting these players? no, I'm starting every one of them so I'm starting yeah Cleveland. I'm so that, starting that's where the, that's where the analysis Cook.
1: starts and finishes with me is you're starting all these players. there's not a lot of thought that you really need to put into it, yeah, maybe temper expectations, but there's not a ton for us, yeah, we're gonna pour this game out because it's gonna. Or th- we're gonna um, drink this one slow because we are Vikings fans. Oh, well, but
0: that's that's that is, that's it. Yeah, that's I, the I only reason. That too. That's
1: the only reason why yeah. why that's the thing. So because if Cook's playing, you're playing him. If he's not, you're playing Madison.
0: Yeah,
1: it, that's simple, easy analysis. You're starting the top wide receivers for the Vikings. Well, and the reason and I you're put not gonna this touch. One... KJ well, but, but part of the reason okay. why
0: I put this then, beyond being a Viking fan into that category this week is because there is some some real iffiness about these players and not against to it. No, no, not, about, not starting, a question. It's about the tempering expectations, is what I mean. But that's we've got to be aware of that.
1: Uh one one thing that you brought up is, is Odell Beckham Jr. He's getting wide receiver one volume straight out the gate when he's finally fully healthy. They didn't put him on any kind of snap count or nothing like that. He had nine targets last week. That's uh, that's you know wide receiver one, wide receiver two type numbers in terms of the volume of usage, and that's just going to continue and carry over into the next few weeks. Um, you know, it might not be nine or so every single week, but he's going to be used. It's going to be a fun game to watch, especially as a fan of the game, um, as a as someone who has at least some like emotional investment into the game and everything else. Um, but the fantasy analysis of this game, you went way too deep on, I think. You overthought it, Joe. Well,
0: this one that's is part like, of our job is to overthink games that people may not think matter, but I do. So, there we go. Arizona, let's go to your game, Bobby. Tampa, New England. This will be a fun one.
1: Yeah, Tampa, New England. I, I think that this is one where Tom Brady just says, screw you guys, like, here's seven touchdowns. And just like does classic Brady things. So,
0: so does um, the did Tampa come in and basically say, uh, "Tom, you just call the game. I'm not even. I'll make <laughs> suggestions. Yeah, but it's your right. decision. Like,
1: like, <laughs> like literally. Here are the keys to the to the Ferrari here. And, and if that's thing. the
0: case, does he throw the ball 50 times and run the score up?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. I don't know that. I don't know that I would start any of the running backs. I'm I'm really skeptical in terms of how much usage they'll have. The only way that they score a touchdown is from distance. Uh, when they get in close, he's going to be throwing it to Gronk. And if there's like some bet line out there of like will Gronk score a touchdown, the answer is yes.
0: I'm putting every dollar I own on the fact that he. Well, maybe not every dollar, but you get the idea. Like that, <laughs> is, I'm with you. Like he's now. Even if no. he's limping, he's going to go in the right. game every time they're close. You know, somebody's going to go down at the one-yard line just so they can, like, hand the ball off to Gronk. <laughs> you know right, I mean? like, right. Like, come it's on. happening.
1: Now, the thing is, I say that, and then I look in the tight end or the tight end position uh, against New England. New England's only allowed four catches all season long to the tight end position. That's crazy. So, so. Um, there's that to really consider on top of all of this. But if I'm a betting man, he's gonna score a touchdown. Um, the yeah, they, he's gonna score. He just has to. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you're starting the the healthy wide receivers for for Tampa Bay. I, I already said you're probably not gonna start a running back there. I mean, who was it, uh, Jones last week? I think. Uh, where is the stat here? Ronald Jones only was in for sixteen percent of the plays last week. That's um, not good. So, no,
0: Fournette ultimately is a guy, but you got to think about yeah. in in the history of Tom Brady, there's never really been a stud running back.
1: I'll just let that comment sit there. I'm not going to comment on it. Um, I'll just go and look up statistics. There's this guy named Garrett Blunt. Just look up his statistics as a uh, running back for New England.
0: <laughs> he had one good season. Well, I mean, because he scored touchdowns. Not he, he scored like
1: running. 18 touchdowns. Was yeah, extreme, he scored like goal
0: line touchdowns. He, extremely, he didn't get like 2,000 yards rushing. When but I talk about a stud running back, I'm not he talking was about a guy stud balls in the... Running back. Uh, what was it? Leroy Horde? was a stud running back in fantasy sports because he he he's, he had like 15 touchdowns but like 100 yards rushing you know what I'm saying like for the season like so trust me when i say it, like I, yes leclerc blunt great great piece to the puzzle in new england in the years that he was there
1: yeah
0: um but he wasn't like a 2000 yard rushing and, and i could be proven wrong somebody could look that up and tell me i'm wrong but I'm well okay so wrong. the
1: the the twenty sixteen season when he did his eighteen touchdown absurdity, he had eleven 1, hundred and sixty-one yards. So he had, yeah, he had over a thousand yards. He was uh running back nine in full PPR. There you go. So yeah, so to say that he wasn't relevant is is a little absurd, Joe. Um well, didn't he, say he was extremely fast. I said he yeah, wasn't eight. It
0: doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's a fantasy
1: stud. We'll we'll a,
0: move on. He was, uh, he was running been back
1: been nine, talking, and yeah. he was probably not drafted, like, in, in leagues that year. Yeah.
0: Um, so anyway, so obviously you starting, starting your wide wise, receivers. Where do we got? Yeah, Brady.
1: Yeah. Now, now that, that's the whole thing about all this, too. You're starting Brady if you have him. I mean, there's no reason not to. Um, but the Patriots have only given about 10 receptions in total each week to wide receivers, Only, As I said before, only four in total this entire season, so that's one a game, basically, to the tight end position, Um, and only about four or five receptions to to the running backs each game. Um, So there's not a lot of usage, or at least a lot of uh, receptions allowed, only 48 in total all season long, which is the lowest of every team in the NFL. Contrasting that, Tampa Bay has given up 104 total receptions. Um, wow. 60, yeah, yeah, they, they score up, a lot
0: of points and they score fairly quickly, so I get it, but wow, yeah,
1: 104 that's the most, so least versus most.
0: Yeah, um, hey, this is 67. probably not. Is this, a, is this a Mac Jones streamer week?
1: It could be, um, but it's Mac Jones at the same time and. I mean, what has he really done? He, he hasn't yeah. given you any kind of confidence. Maybe if you wanted to have, like, a Sunday night dart throw, let me put him in my uh, single-game lineup on DFS, go ahead. But that's about all that I would say to do.
0: Yeah, and on a side note, did I see Richard Sermon got picked up by Tampa?
1: Yes, he did. He joined Tampa Bay for a one-year contract. How much is he going to play week one? Probably not a lot.
0: Yeah, but could be an interesting development because their defensive backs are...
1: Yeah, clearly. They've, S- they've allowed six, Ruglin as 67 a like wide receiver receptions all season long. Um, so, who are those guys going to be that are going to catch the ball for New England? I don't know. Um, New England, one thing, uh, last week, even with White getting hurt, Damian Harris only had a 31% snap share, which you don't like to see. Brandon Bolden is a guy. If he's still out there in your the leagues, going to grab him. He's going to fill in that uh, that role there yeah. uh, to a certain degree. And who knows what's going to happen with uh, Ramonde Stevenson. Um, he was so, a healthy I scraps mean, last week, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Now, right, those exactly. that took
0: a flyer on him hoping he'd be something, or you're a little disappointed. He's at
1: least not anything at this point in the year. And, and that's yeah. what happens a lot with some of these players. Yeah. Um, Damian Harris, though, you're probably not starting him. I mean, running backs as great as the wide receiver position and even tight end position is against Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know that you're starting confidently a running back against this defense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think on that note, we'll move on because we did spent a good bit of time there, which was expected. Uh, next game is Arizona versus the Rams. So I'm going to try to shorten this one under the five-minute window here just to catch us back up on time. Um, but Arizona-LA, so let's talk a little bit about it. Obviously, there's some obvious pieces. Uh, Cooper Cup is something else so far this year. Personally, I hope he continues that same path because I do have him in a few leagues um but we'll see what he turns out to do. um uh, Cup Cups definitely startable wide receiver uh, Robert Woods you're starting Robert Woods you're hopeful for Robert Woods really i mean at the end of the day you you want him to to be more than what he's been but we'll see. you know that's it's still yeah, kind of in the air.
1: I'm hopeful that he turns it around at some point. I mean most people drafted him over cup thinking that that was yep. the way to go. Yep. Um,
0: and he'll be he'll be at minimum a flex play. So you you know he's a wide receiver to potentially flex play. Arizona, this is gonna be a high scoring affair to people. you know, so we're talking about runs upon runs upon runs to some degree of <laughs> uh, runs. I mean, uh, watching baseball as we're talking here. So when I say runs, I'm literally watching touchdown guys scores. scores, yes, scores upon scores upon scores. So let's go back into that touchdown. Um, and in Arizona, the only like, you're starting, I think almost everybody. I'm a little tempered on DeAndre Hopkins. Just temper the expectations. You're starting him, but temper them because um, he'll probably be up against uh, Ram- Jalen Ramsey, and he's a little bit slowed right now. Um, but you're starting everybody. And I uh, one player I want to highlight uh, this week is Chase Edmonds. Um, very consistent. His floor is like 15 points. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're very excited about a floor from a player like that. He's heavily involved across the board. Um, so, again, somebody definitely pay attention to uh, and somebody to, to keep your eye on this this week. Um, and last week's surprise from uh, James Conner had a good week, but he's touchdown dependent, so I'm not necessarily starting him. Uh, on the L.A. running back side, I'm not starting anybody because uh, Henderson's so questionable. If he does play, I'm guessing he'll be somewhat limited. Um, mm-hmm. So you want to be careful there. Uh, but uh, But, yeah, that gives you an idea for me on this game. Yeah,
1: I, there's nothing I'd have to add to any of that there.
0: All right, last one. And we probably should have saved Tampa New England for last. But we got Vegas versus L.A. Chargers. This is, uh, I believe, the Monday night game. So, Bob, what do you got for this one? Uh,
1: Derek Carr just keeps producing. Um, I Again, he's a guy that, like, if you have him or um, Burrow, there's kind of a little bit of a toss-up there. Um, I maybe lean – towards Burrow just because of the defense that they're playing against. Um, uh, but if that game gets away from them quickly, they're not going to pass a lot. Anyway, uh, Derek Carr, you're, you're definitely at least considering him as a, as a quarterback that you're going to start this week. We, we touched on the running backs at this position already. Um, if we don't have a lot of clarity going into the week, it's going to be hard to start Jacobs and or um, and or uh, Barber. Drake seems to be maybe a flex consideration, but you would hope that in these games with Jacobs, I that Drake would be doing more, and he's just not. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a mystery there. Until we get some more clarity at the wide receiver position with Vegas, I don't know that we're really uh, confidently starting anybody. Um, it's kind of one of those things where – um, a little bit of the opposite from the Matt Ryan analogy that I made earlier with Ridley, like Ridley can have a good game, but Matt, that doesn't mean Ryan, Matt Ryan's going to have a good game. Same thing here where like Derek Carr can have a good game. That doesn't mean that any of the wide receivers are necessarily startable. And a lot of that just has to do with the consistency and the confidence that you're going to have going into that. Um, you're starting Waller. There, there's, I mean there's not a single league in the world where you're not starting Waller unless it's like a bizarro league where it's the opposite and you want like bad production or something <laughs> um, they're actually out there they do exist
0: Oh, I bet. Um, you should, yeah we should create like a, a we could call it the nightmare league website where it's all crazy stuff that right. nobody likes just to like for you just
1: like the drunk league where like kickers you have like four kickers that you start every week Yep, or something, and like it's just absurd. That'd be kind of fun, that's right. Anyways, um, on the Chargers side of the ball, you're starting all the guys. (laughs) I mean, it's hard not to. Um, you're you're starting Allen, you're starting Williams. Um, I don't know how you don't start Williams, he's had he's on freaking fire right now. Um, so he he's the guy that we thought he would have been coming into the league. He's just been hurt, and now he's showing like, hey, I can actually do this stuff. And like we talked about last time, is route tree has, has um, he's not doing all these deep balls all the time and coming down weird. So that's going to help him in all of these other ways for your fantasy team. Um, you're loving what you're seeing if you if you got uh, Austin Eckler on your team, showing that he is one of those top running backs in the league. Um, and at the quarterback position, same sort of deal. Um, he's coming back into his own. They they had a huge win this last week. And, um, you know, it's not easy to go ahead and say, I'm not going to start this quarterback. Um, Justin Herbert's doing well. And I don't see that slowing down this week uh, in particular. Okay. And uh, Cook is a- – serviceable kind of streaming uh, tight end that you can throw out there so I don't hate it um, Vegas does give up a about six to eight receptions to the uh, tight end position each week and so he could get a little bit of work and, and maybe do something with it very good
0: very good I like it I like it a lot all right, that wraps up our game-by-game game, uh, going through the port out. Take a shot, drink it slow. We'll work on the efficiency of our timing on these, but hopefully yeah. you enjoyed that segment. We wrap up this uh, podcast, which should be airing on Thursday. Um, we wrap up this, this section of the podcast with a new segment. This is the Niehoff guarantee, the Bobby is right, and the Merrick's merit. So we each have our own little thing that we'll do here. and We're going to throw out, it could be a stud or it could be a dud. It's one player that we're going to highlight. Could be a surprise player. It could be an obvious thing. Could be somebody out of the blue completely. Um, but we want to give you an idea of a player. Here's our bold prediction for the week on this one player. Bobby, I'm going to let you start. Do you have somebody in mind?
1: Um, I had it and I'm trying to find it now.
0: Oh God. Okay. Um, well, I got one in front of me. Okay, so I'm going to throw yeah. mine out. And this is a very bold prediction. Again, this is the Joe yeah. off guarantee. What you'll find with mine is they're going to be absolutely ridiculous predictions. If I get them right, you're going to thank me. If I get them wrong, you're going to be like, well, yeah, cause he's an idiot. Okay. So mine this week, are you ready for this? It is in the green Bay Pittsburgh game. I have Pat Fryermuth as a top five tight end this week. So that might be a little bit surprising. I think he could have a really good week. Now, in my rankings, let me back up. In my rankings, which will be posted um, uh, likely on Instagram, um, I do not have him in the top five. But this is why it's a bold prediction. This is the Niehoff guarantee. The Joe Niehoff guarantee says Pat Fryermuth full PPR, Top five tight end this week. Bobby, what you got?
1: Okay. I have. Let me see. I I, I didn't I, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do my homework. Um... <laughs> okay. So looking at the trends of what we got here. Um I got Carlos Hyde as the top scoring running back in that game. Oh, okay. So that means I like. he's going to get more than Mixon. He's going to get more than James Robinson, even though last week, I don't think he did a lot. I don't remember what he did.
0: He did, but last week he struggled. But um, I'm
1: going, I'm going out on a limb here. And part of the reason for that is that the Cincinnati Bengals give up at least. 10 receptions to the running back position a game.
0: Okay. I like it.
1: So he, he's the passing game kind of guy, yeah, or at least yeah. he, he seems to be in there more so in those passing options. So it's just going on all in there.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like the going on in. So this is how we're gonna end this this week's you know, weekly kind of prep podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, you know, John next week will be back in on his what we call the Merrick's merit, which honestly his will probably be the most realistic out of everything we're saying. <laughs> um, but that gives you an idea. So hopefully you enjoyed it tonight. I know I did. Um, and uh we'll see you guys uh I'll see you next week and see how we did. That's all I got. Good luck, everybody. Bye. Bye.